1: back to the Dr. Supercoach podcast. You're on once again with Cheezo. Dusty's out for the season. Stringer and re-signed. I don't know which one I'm more excited about. And I've got Darcy Parrish's Future force signature card arrive in the mail. But that's not the best thing that happened this week. I've got to sit down with my man, Pistol. How are you, champion? No, Talk to me. No,
2: no, 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 Cheezo. You're being modest. That's not the best <laughs> thing that happened this week. Tell us about your... Unbelievable Super Coach week! You've just just tell us how how did you go from from the get go? Firstly, how did you score? Where did you rank for the week? And then just walk <laughs> us through how it went.
1: I didn't think we'd start this early. Um, second for round eighteen, which was nice. Um, a two six six four. <laughs> uh, I needed a hundred and I think we worked out one hundred and thirty four, one hundred and thirty five from Jelly in the last game um, to take first place and 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 take the two K home. Uh, but obviously, the little ankle tweak saw him uh, sub just after half time and missed out on it. But that's okay. Oh, I'm I'm just keen to use my uh, my little voucher at KFC next door to work, so that's just as good. I feel. Cheezeo, so
2: firstly, you copped a Darcy knock in the first game yep. as your VC, yep. and then you cop another knock to stop you from winning the weekly. Yep. and after all of this, you're still all really high and happy, which is nice to see. And you're into 23rd place overall. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes, welcome to the Cheezo episode where there'll be no Supercoach content. <laughs> yeah, look, it's great to be in this position. Like, um, I, when the the final game was on, I, I couldn't watch it. I had to sit down and watch something else on TV with with Mrs. Cheezo just because, I, you know, I didn't want to get my hopes up and have them dashed like this. Like, if I'd watched the first half and... Um, and then seeing Jelly do his ankle rather than just reading about it later on. I would I would have been a lot more disappointed, but um, that's the thing with this game. There's a lot of people getting thrown some really difficult hands that they've got to deal with, multiple isolations and injuries and things like that, and they've already run out of trade. So um, I'm just thankful to be in this position and to, to be having a strong year. So uh, just take it as it comes, and that's going to be the same this week. So Pistol, how was your round? It's funny where we entered on the final day,
2: and I said to you, "Hey, we've got all the same players remaining, except I have Grundy as captain. And you didn't have Grundy at all, and my lowest scoring player was Grundy." Yeah, unlucky. <laughs> Who I captained, but I still finished with a strong two four four nine. I moved up uh, slightly in ranks to a hundred and twenty sixth overall. So we have a combined rank of yeah a below one hundred and fifty between the That's two nice. of us, which is quite unbelievable. And, you know, it's certainly the best that we've ever done, I guess, as a combined uh, pair. So we're a little bit up and about, but probably not up and about as the huge amount of people that we have patrons within the top 200, 58 58 people at the moment are in the top 200 that are also um, patrons of Dr. (laughs) Supercoach. So uh, absolutely, yeah, mammoth effort from the community. And, uh, yeah, I can't wait to see how this season plays out, the rest of it at least.
1: It's it's sort of frustrating. Like, I'm happy that I'm 23rd overall, but I'm 13th in the, the Patreon group. That's just stupid. <laughs> I, don't like, I don't like this game. We need to make like a... a, a I need to sign up somewhere else. Uh, speaking of Patreon, nice little segue there from you, Pistol. Uh, we do have another sign up this week. It's Just Alex. Thanks for jumping on board the Patreon. Oh, I love the Justs. It's so good. Yeah, same. <laughs> Thank you. I liked it. (laughs) I love that. That's just catching on. The more we go along, Uh, Pistol. We've also had uh, round five. Sorry, round four of the uh, Doctor Supercoach Cup. Uh, Only thirty-two teams remaining. There's only one podcaster left. Pistol, a twenty-four hundred couldn't save you. <laughs> Chezo it's the Cheezo show. I don't we can't, we can't can't can't
2: be pistol every week. Uh this this one's dedicated to you. So look, I don't think anyone was going to be knocking you out last week unless you happened to come against the weekly prize winner. That would have been very unfortunate. So you have to you got to take it. You're probably favorite now with your form. <laughs>
1: oh don't, don't put that on me. <laughs>
2: put the moz on. There's, there's at least 13 out.
1: people better in, in Patreon. Uh, look, in honour of what happened with the South Australian uh, AFL teams this week, uh, first JB was going to be on the podcast and he, he wasn't going to be on the pass <laughs> and then he was and he's not. So uh, just in, uh, in solidarity with those guys being forced into uh, to Victoria to kind of train and play. We've uh, also done that with uh, JB. He's having the night off and, uh, and just chilling. So we haven't forgotten about you, mate. Uh, we do have some uh, cancer council donations as well, Pistol. We do. We have a couple, which is uh, quite exciting. Um, no surprises,
2: though, given the COVID situation. Um, first up, we have a very generous donation by um, Gunnar. I'm not going to read out the paragraph. It's a funny story, but to summarize, he had to choose last week between trading in Jelly or Walsh. I still don't understand the reason you would choose Jelly over Walsh in that scenario, given their recent fall on <laughs> Jelly's previous ankle. That's not the point. Uh Walsh obviously are one ninety three, so it's a sizeable donation, which we very much appreciate, so thank you very much, Gunner. Gibbo says just your run of the Mills donut, which is pretty funny. Appreciate the donation, <laughs> Gibbo, and <laughs> apologies, uh it's gonna be a bit rough now, dropping to eleventh place, trying to chase the fifty K's just that little bit harder when you cop mills as well. Um Sydney's donated for dumb things, except he kept reversing the trades and left the VC on danger. Um he said it worked out, but it's still dumb. So, he said also donating on behalf of Gladys for, you know, COVID donuts. So, yep. thank you, to Sydney. Clint White <laughs> says, I live in Scotland. I think this is our first ever donation from Scotland. So, I'm pretty excited by this. Thank you, Clint. I was all set to do... Can length- you read it in a Scottish accent, please? I knew you were going to say that and definitely <laughs> not going to do that. <laughs> I did actually practice before the pod just in case you asked. Oh, I thought you said you never read well. these. It didn't Exposed. go Exposed. Well. No, I saw, I saw the Scotland. I'm like, whoa, what's going on here? So I was very excited. Um, he said, I was all set to do Langford to Marshall, but waiting to hear the late outs due to Marshall's injury history. I checked the AFL app and the Saints game was listed at 10.25 a.m. my time on Saturday when I went to bed Friday night. I woke up at 7 a.m. on Saturday to discover Marshall had already played as the game had been moved to a different time slot. Instead, I had to trade in Dagoy, so I'm donating the difference in points in pounds this week. I love this campaign Keep going for 20K and this is hilarious because now we know that Marshall is not going to play this week and Dagoy did mm. so he's he's donated for dumb things, but it's actually worked out in like genius fashion so this is it's a good karma to clint, so I appreciate the donation there. I don't think anyone's ever donated for a game-changing time slot and just missing the game entirely. <laughs> so, only COVID can affect that. Um, Romper donates for a couple of forward-line donuts, but he uh, was able to eke out a two-point victory in Rivalry League, which was very important. Thank you, Romper. Uh, Schnitz says, had a bet on my man track, but he couldn't get past Clary's r- rhymes. I'm not going to read it out. Thank you, <laughs> Schnitz, for the that. donation. And ZP pay has done a Mills donation for a donut, and he lost the cup by one point as well. So if Mills had played, we'd have got through. So thank you very much to ZP. Peanut, we appreciate you very much. So that's all the donations for this week, Cheezo.
1: Yeah, lots of things going on. Um, I'm just trying to think. What's just started this week? That big multi-sports festival. The
2: uh, yeah. Olympic Games. I feel like I'm being baited like a classic JB baiting me into talking
1: about stringer. That's right. Pistol, the Olympics. What's All these Olympians treat their body like royalty, and so can you with the gold <laughs> medal quality lawnmower 3.0 from Manscaped, who have sponsored the podcast. Once again, thank you to Manscaped. They've got the uh, the Manscaped doing uh, the performance package 3.0 <laughs> And it's here to get you ready for the back end of the AFL season pistol to look after those Sharons. In the performance package, you do get the Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer, Crop Preserver, which is deodorant for the nether regions, Crop Reviver Toner, plus two free gifts. You get the Performance Boxer Briefs, which I can genuinely say I wear all the time, and the Shed Travel Bag, which is fantastic. If you use code DRSC, you'll get 20% off and free shipping. In that, you'll also get the Lawnmower 3.0, a 7,000 RPM motor, clutch LED light, more precise than Sam Walsh in a pocket late in the fourth quarter. Just fantastic uh, technology, something that we're very proud that sponsors the podcast. So thank you once again for Manscaped. 20% off from free shipping using code DRSCmanscaped.com. Thanks again. Pistol let's get into some of the big talking topics. I guess the biggest one that uh, I think is affecting a lot of people this week, over 70% of the competition um, owning Dusty. He's now confirmed out uh, for the season with that kidney laceration. Talk to me with your initial thoughts um, on what uh, might be our, uh, our moves for Dusty considering that he hasn't been going great guns of late and he's slightly underpriced what he might usually be and that's going to limit our options.
2: So for starters, I walked into that one and I was pissing myself laughing and then tried to take water <laughs> to stop laughing and then I started choking on it and I think you could hear the cough in the background. So the whole I was, I was a mess. I'm glad I didn't have to it talk was a for whole like thing. two minutes. It was, it was a disaster on my, on my <laughs> end. I completely was blindsided there. So again, you hilarious. thought it was
1: an outtake and that was part of my plan.
2: Yeah, no, I had no idea what was happening, so yeah, no, you got me there, so well God. done. Dustin Martin, big trade-out, obviously, three months they said that he couldn't have any contact, so that's mm-hmm. huge. Um, there's there's a lot of solid options, I think, in the forward line, maybe not solid because they're not your first choice, but solid enough to get through the end of the season. I think if we start at the, I'll call it cheapest viable option, and that's probably uh, Bolton, 420k. Now, I think people might be a bit worried that without Richmond, without Richmond, without Dusty, there might have a you know a, a Richmond that you're not we're not quite familiar with, um, one that might lose many games. I mean, we know they're fighting for their spot in finals, but without Dusty, it, it could be a whole new ballpark, and the worry there would be that they just fall away. And, you know, if they're going to fall away, why would we want to be investing in their assets? So Mm. I think that's the risk. But on the other hand, Cheeso, the upside is someone has to fill that dusty void. Someone has to be playing full-time mid, winning them the game, being electric, you know, the game changer. And you know what? If you have to pick someone from the Richmond list to do that, it's probably Bolton.
1: Yeah. And and particularly uh, in the round just gone, we saw him get that extra time up the ground that he'd Probably been lacking from the, the the fortnight to three weeks previously um, when he was a uh, you know averaging around the hundred and five mark. So um, I, I think what I saw on the weekend he passed the eye test for me. Whereas in the previous weeks he didn't. With Dusty gone down, a lot of people are concerned. What if they throw um, they throw Bolton forward to to replace that Dusty role because he was playing mostly forward? I can I can see that, but I just feel like with Dusty gone they can't rely on him as much um, uh, being a focal point up forward. They can kind of move some pieces around to get a forward line together. But without Dusty there spending a lot of center bounce rotations and pushing forward, they need to fill that spot first and foremost. And I think that Bolton has already shown this year um, that that's kind of his role for the taking when he's not you know, suffering with that wrist uh, injury as well. So uh, I'm not necessarily worried just to kind of cover all that off. I don't see him suddenly returning to a forward pocket. That's something that you might see um, uh, an older Melbourne team when they're trying to get Tom Scully in the draft. I don't think I see that from Richmond this year when they're literally like percentage out of the eight. I mean, I didn't have that much
2: money in the bank and I we'll be getting Bolton. So I definitely uh, endorse the pick. I'll be selecting him myself. Um, mm. Again, I don't have that many <laughs> options available to me, but I guess some other options that are available are 432K. Taron Thomas has put in a string of good performances. I feel like we've seen this earlier in the season, Chizzo. Yeah. We flagged him for, what is it, like seven weeks ago? We're like, hey, he looks really good, but he he's going to be a fantastic player. At some point, he's going to be super coach relevant. I don't think he's going to be you know top 6 defender sorry forward from here on out yeah. um it's he's just going to play well when north melbourne do well cuz he's a good player but he's not going to be a consistent performer week in week
1: out so true it's probably he, a little bit of a pass. Yeah, he, for me. he he has the seventies and eighties and nineties. But what you got to remember is they he played predominantly midfield on the weekend against the Bombers, which he looked great, particularly in the first half. They didn't have Ben Cunnington. They needed yep. to throw someone into the midfield that um, you know they resisted. Putting Zebul up there, much to our delight, he actually continued off the halfback, um, and it looks like you know maybe in twelve months' time he's going to be a, a consistent centre bounce rotation, and that's kind of what he he was drafted for a few years ago. That's that's sort of his pedigree, really silky midfielder. I think as soon as Ben Cunnington comes back in, I think um, he was just out. He's just going to be out for the one week. Um, it, it, it's just going to force Taron Thomas back out of the being a first rotation set of bounce midfielder. Um, and that's just going to be enough to bring him back to that 70, 80, 90 range rather than being a 100 plus, I, th- I think. Um, Pistol, in terms of, you know, you've got $100 on top of Dusty, they're probably the two that are cheaper than him that kind of stand out to us. Um I got. I got I, one, oh wait, no. Actually, I don't have any more. Never mind. Continue. You don't. You don't. You don't have any more? I was going to say. No, I, I have uh, no more to pe- that price that, that I'd look at. People that uh, don't like. They already might already have Shea Bolton. There's 10% at teams. Um, we're not super crash hot on on Taren Thomas. There aren't a, a massive amount of options. Uh, it really is going to depend how much cash you have. Let me throw you a scenario, and that's going to indicate. It's going to kind of explain why we're not saying just get you know, X or, you know, just get Zorka. You know, we're assuming that people aren't sitting with a complete side with 80K sitting in the bench. Um, let's say you've got a situation where you've got Dustin Martin and Rowan Marshall and you've got a couple trades there and a little bit of cash and it's going to allow, you know, maybe you go down to Bolton and that extra 25K you make from Dusty allows, um, you know, from Marshall that's going to allow you to get up to someone like a Bailey Dale with that extra cash. It's going to let you get to someone like... Uh, it's probably almost going to let you get to Jordan Degoe, for example. If you could get Bolton and Jordan Degoe for um, Marshall and Dusty, that, that seems like a nice scenario, right? But let's say even with that, you don't have enough cash to get anyone sort of worthwhile. Talk to me how your Kind of weighing up the the potential of having a you know say a donut in your forward line, so you don't have any cover. Um, you got two trades, you got Dusty, you've got Marshall. Are you copying Marshall just for one week because that trade is more precious? Talk to me how you how you kind of rationalise that.
2: Yeah, I feel like that was a really long question, but <laughs> yeah, sorry, with... <laughs> just just painting the
1: scene. I
2: feel like yeah. If- any one of these COVID, maybe not Dunkley because I think he might miss potentially two weeks, mm. but any one week COVID person, I'm going to call them, uh, I would be holding because you know it's like a guaranteed comeback the next Don't
1: call week. it a comeback.
2: Whereas if I were to cop an injury, for example, this week, such as Dusty, Dusty's yep. up for the season and that would yep. be four weeks or five weeks of me missing them. So... They're the ones that I want to really save my precious single last trade for, rather than somebody that's only going to miss one more round. So that's kind of the strategy that I'll take into it. And if I have to cop a donut for that reason, I mean, I guess so be it. But closer to the end of the year, that will that mindset will change because, you know, you can do a bit of a risk reward of you know, if are you really going to cop an injury in the last round, or the second last round? We're still a little bit far out and the COVID situation yeah. is changing so rapidly that This isn't going to be the last time that I cop an injury or cop someone that's going to be out because of COVID protocols. So I don't want to spend my last trade this week if I can avoid it. I would pretty much do anything to avoid that situation. Um, I'm glad you didn't ask me who I'd want outside of those two players under that price point because you're really looking in dodgy sort of places like you're getting close to like I don't know, Jamie Elliott or Heaney or or Blakey or um, even Rusco, Daniel Rioli, these players are all really dodgy. I mean, I named players that are now playing off the back line in Rioli and Rusco, but you can't have any sort of confidence with these types of players and they're not people that I would look to trade in if I could avoid it at all costs. So, yeah, I think Um, if you don't, Mind indulging me for a moment just to mm-hmm. talk about some of the higher price players that people might be looking in and uh, I think we need to start with and I'll get your take on it first is yeah, sure. uh, good old buddy Franklin
1: you love him I, there, there's a <laughs> saying there's a saying in Supercoach, uh parlance that uh, uh, Tom Rockliffe and Buddy Franklin enter pistol side at least once a year is that <laughs> going to be the case again if you, if we get a free trade. Um, because of fixtures and stuff moving. Can we basically rest assured that it's going to be a, a Buddy Franklin into your side? You know what? I actually can't <laughs> afford him. There's only 7K
2: difference between Dusty and him, and I don't have 7K. Yeah, so that's tough. I, I don't have to get tempted this year, mm. even though I would be very, very tempted to to get him. The run home for Swans, yeah.
1: and they just look incredible. He, he has to be a viable pick. Absolutely. Like he, and he just has to be. This is something that you picked up on, you know, a number of weeks ago, you know what I mean? Like, um, yeah. uh, I, I, I don't want to I, I think it was on got the back back of the buys, Buddy somewhere buys. around there. Yeah, um, where this is the thing. We know Buddy is going to score well when he plays. If he only kicks one or two goals, he's going to turn up. That's the type of player he is. The, the thing is, for me, is he's just another one of those... It has a little bit of inherent risk to it, but I, I guess at this end of the season, if you have such, um, you know, minimal options and you can get to him in one trade, maybe you've already got Bolton and you don't like the look of um, whoever, uh, Torres or someone like that. It just seems like a no-brainer. Like, if that's, it, it, as we always say, if this is the aisle that you're shopping in Audi with, this is what you're shopping with. You know, there's no problem with that. And he, he's probably going to score well. He's probably going to be scoring better than a, a number of the other players that are um, priced higher than him. So I I don't certainly have a problem with him whatsoever.
2: I think he'll still average maybe 90, maybe just shy of 90 on the run home. Maybe he could have one of those massive buddy, you know, 10 goal performances and put out a 160 and that might, yeah. you know, boost up his average. But yeah, for me, the, Tom Hawkins is a similar price and just feels a lot safer than him, especially with the likely scenario that they play a lot of games at Caudillin Park on the, on the run home, you'd think. Mm. So you know, with all the fixture venues changing and everything. So I, I like Hawkins more than I like Buddy for this reason. I don't really know which venues Buddy will play at or if he's going to be, yeah. There's just like a little, it's almost the same, but I just prefer Hawkins a little bit more. So that that's kind of the way that I would lean between them. I think the conversation gets really interesting when you can start to afford higher priced players. I mean, I don't particularly want to talk about Smith or Hines, I think they're just a little bit below the level of other players that that I want to talk about. But when you're starting to talk about um, Dale, Stringer, and Dugowie, I'm interested to see, well, to hear, because I can't see, your thoughts on which one of these three you kind of lean towards, or maybe what scenarios you might lean towards them.
1: It's a tough question. Um, That's why I asked you, the guy in 23rd. This this is something that... (laughs) Um, yeah, put more pressure on me I think yeah, Dale's, what just, we to. <laughs> Dale's just Dale's just going to be a safe 95 And yep. that's, that's kind of the ceiling I, you, you, There's no sudden five, Last five round of the, the season He's going to go 105 and be a game changer The stringers and the Dagoes with the roles that they have um, Playing midfield Centre bounce rotation and trying to kick Four goals a game It can't last forever but I think the difference between the way that Essendon is playing Stringer and the way that Collingwood is playing Goey is primarily that the Goey is no longer he's, he rests forward, forward, but he's a full time mid since Harvey's walked yeah. in. I, I don't know if this was he was being held back by Bucks, um, and Bucks just rated him as a forward and said no, we need you here, and, and maybe Harvey's you know let him off the leash. But there's been a clear and precise role change from being a lead-up forward in the Heaney type to being a centre-bounce rotation, which has forced Steel side-bottom to, to basically be non-existent in the terms of Supercoach in the last you know probably three weeks to a month. So um, I'm leaning towards the Degoe side because that role is more sustainable than what Jake Stringer is. All it needs is just Essendon to get walloped in one game and Stringer suddenly doesn't have the 20 plus touches and kick three goals. Whereas DeGo is definitely just playing as a mid, which is more more reproducible for me in my mind.
2: I mean, Stringer was on like 40 at three quarter time and then kicked three goals or whatever it was in the last quarter to win the game and exactly. finished on 108. Yep. So I get that he's that type of player that can do that. But again, that is such a, you know, there's, there's such high variation in that and in his scores as well. It's just he's worse than the other two picks for me quite clearly um, as well. I think Dale and Dugowie is a, a, a closer conversation. I agree that Dale is more of that 95 type player. I mean, he's only had five tons for the whole season so far and Dugowie's also had five tons, but he's had four in a row <laughs> Yeah, at the moment. And not small ones Harvey's either. Come in. No, all 114 or more. So when I see that, I just think, well, what are you paying for here? You're paying for... The safety of Dale's ninety fives, or you're paying for potentially a hundred and ten plus from Dugouy, and I'm like, well, in my mind, I I'm, I may as well just gamble. I may as well. It's only five weeks. I'll gamble it. There is every possibility. Dugouy is an incredibly injury prone player as well. I don't think Dale is. I think Dale will play every game for the rest of the season and be totally yep. fine. Yep. D-Dugowie's probably more of a injury risk, a court case risk, a COVID risk. He's probably all the more risks than. Than Dale but he's also got way higher upside I mean he if he puts out like a 150 plus in the run home I, I wouldn't be shocked at all he's got that potential and I, I don't really see that in Dale so if you're picking the upside pick it's degoey nothing has changed from last week when I thought he was the best replacement for Langford I think he's now still the best replacement for Dusty but you just have to pay a lot more for him and yeah those that got him in would be Stokes. you get a full-time midfielder he might not score super well if our midfield gets completely decimated which might happen this week against Port Adelaide or yeah. Brisbane but the other three games I expect him to do well you know 110 plus in so if you're going to have three games that I'm my expected score is 110 plus he can probably have two poorer games I guess and still average 100 on the way home and be okay so yeah, in my mind, I think that's my order would be, yeah, to number one and Dale number two.
1: Yeah, I, I, I guess if you take the... This is something that we've learnt throughout the year, you know, how many people at the start of the year would have considered having Aaron Hall in their side and, you know, a lot of people, whether it's through ignorance or burying their head in the sand or just don't want to go through that pain again like a lot of us have five years previous didn't want to pick him in um, and you know it, it takes a it takes the, the approach you need to take to super coach is one of being able to recognize when something has changed it's not as simple as saying oh jordan degoey is or jake stringer is a burn man and he's playing the wrong role if you're actually watching the game and you take note of what has changed there's nothing wrong with admitting that
0: selling a little or a lot
1: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. You know, your belief beforehand is no, no longer the case. So I, I don't want anyone, you know, sitting back and saying, oh, it, it's Bailey Dale all the way. If the names were taken away, you've got someone that's priced at 95, is averaging 95, or you've got someone that has a role change is priced at ninety five, but since that role change is going one hundred and fifteen plus names or not, I think is the answer would be very clear in you know a very uh, passionlessness kind of um, approach to picking those kind of players. That's not to say that um, Jordan Nagogo doesn't have those inherent risks that you've talked about, Pistol. I think I think it's just important to touch upon that the reasons that a lot of top coaches tend to do well as they take their feelings about someone in terms of, oh, I don't like this guy or, you know, it was a hard thing for me to learn sort of pistol. I don't know if you've ever gone through this. I used to pick Gary Ablett um, over Swan a lot of the times just out of pure because I liked Gary Ablett Jr. more, you know, and, I, and um, there was always the, the talk about, oh, who's better between the two. And that was like my innate way of supporting that side of the argument. But that's the kind of thing that can't come into Supercoach. You've just got to pick the right, what the numbers are dictating for you. I don't know if that, that resonates with you or not. I know you are a computer and a, a emotionless <laughs> anyway. so. Uh, but there may be someone out there that that applies to. All
2: right. I think uh, we might move on from Dusty and just talk about potentially, we don't really know for certain what is going to happen with Josh Kelly. We mm. will operate generally under the assumption that he's going to you know, pass a fitness test and be fine as that's the last information that we've heard but just in case he's not named tomorrow or whenever yeah. this podcast drops today uh, I think maybe we should just touch on some of the options that are closer to price same as Darcy we're not going to talk about like the Zorko equivalent of the midfield I'm not going to jump in here and tell you hey you should consider Darcy Parish. Like, that's not what I'm going to do um, some of the cheaper options Chizo. I, m- I might get you to pick a couple um i'm gonna throw two at you at least to compare the pair yeah sure ollie wines now three round average of 125 five round of 115 he's basically put together tons every week for like the last eight weeks or something like that so he is clearly a man that's informed but he comes in at the same price as Lockie neal 575k Neil, obviously has been a bit injury prone. Had a stinger during the week. They said he's fine and he'll play. And we know what his upside
1: is. Mm. If you had to pick one of them, who do you like? It's a great question. Just to clarify, um, Jelly is five fifty six k, so we're yeah. extending to the fight in the mid five seventy. So if you've got twenty or thirty k in the bank, and and look, let it's only five extra k to group um, Jared Lines in it. So let's let's talk about this little bracket yep, we've got that's here. Fair. Uh, sure. There's a, a 10K difference between Lockie Neal, Clayton Oliver, Ollie Wines, and Jared Lyons. All of them are genuinely good options. I'd probably... Um, oh, this is tough. I'd, pro- I'd probably link them in this kind of order. I think Lockie Neal is, would be my last selection. and he's fourth out of the, the, the quad that we've got there. Um just, primarily, just
2: because, yeah, injury risk or...?
1: Injury risk, not having a great year, he's getting beaten around, Probably yeah. had enough, just wants to get to the end of the season, um, <laughs> just so he can, he can yeah. present Sam Walsh with his brown low and just move on with his life and Fair. just a tackle 2022. Um, and then generally with the other three, you're not, you're not going to be disappointed with who you buy. Honestly, I think that Jared Lyons has been impacted slightly with Lockie Neal's return. Um, uh, I should mention that Lockie Neal had a stinger on the uh, during the week, and he, he's for all reports he's going to be fine, so not to worry. Jared Lyons' ceiling has been impacted just a little bit since Lockie Neal has been back, and that's something something to consider. So between Ollie Wines and Clayton Oliver, for me, if you didn't have Clayton Oliver, and he's the same price as Ollie Wines, I think that's a, such a low risk option getting yep. Oliver. But the upside of how Ollie Wines has been playing, he's just a man possessed when when you're watching um, Port Adelaide play. Um, They got a great draw as well. A great draw. And Oliver and Gorn combined for so many points. And I just feel like Wines is kind of just doing his own thing. Like he's not reliant on being spoon-fed the ball. Um, Or, you know, like you you can't walk up to the start of the game and Clayton Oliver knows he's going to get at least five hit-outs to advantage that game that he can run away with and not have to worry about it. Um, so I think that the safe option is Oliver. If you don't have him, I think that's an, that that would be a bit of a no-brainer. But if you have Clayton Oliver and you're looking at that price bracket, Ollie Wines of the remaining options for, for me, absolutely.
2: Yeah. No, I, th- I... Yeah. Like what you're saying, I think Wines is just in such amazing form. I'd probably also pick Oliver. I mean, how boring are we? Just... Mm-hmm picking Oliver in that one but I think that's probably the, the way to go about it um, Chizo, I think uh, if you're trying to shop a little bit cheaper yep. so let's say the same price almost Yep. Um, we've got some players probably to talk about here. Luke Parker, three-round average of 118, five-round of 111. Um, probably Taylor Adams, three-round of 110, five-round of 106. Mm-hmm. Andy Brayshaw, 107, three-round average, five-round of 105. And I guess Luke Dunstan, 107, three-round, 107, five-round. They're the, probably the guys that are at the equivalent type of price yeah um how would you how would you which one would
1: you pick out of them that's probably a better question Ah, oh, that's tough uh, i i think it's as you get further and further down the pecking order it becomes less clear the waters become a little bit more muddy um there's less certainty around them they're all kind of priced at this 105 sort of range because that's sort of their upside you know we pick we're picking a lot of these guys um and if they're going to exceed 105 on the way home, that's pretty much just because of form. And, you know, it's just you, you're catching the purple patch, the lightning at the bottle at the end of the season, uh, which I guess is what we want. Um, grouped into the same sort of price would be Travis Boak, but he uh, I would probably not be looking at him just because of how cold his second half of the year has been. Yep. Uh, been hot and cold. Luke Dunstan, I have absolutely no faith in because three weeks ago he was playing VFL, <laughs> and even though he's been playing fantastically um, and he looks to have finally had that switch flicked in the way that he approaches the the, the ball in AFL, I, I've actually, um, in terms of the eye test, I've, I've actually liked watching him for the Saints in the, the last few weeks. Um, you can't put any trust with your last trade on the way home, getting rid of Josh Kelly, for example, for a Luke Dunstan. I, I, I couldn't live on myself to do that. Um, Luke Parker has done it before. He's rolled gold. You're just going to get 105 to 110 from him all the time for, you know, the last five years or so. So he would probably be my pick of that sort of bunch. Andy Brayshaw, obviously not bad either. Um, But I think that the form that Park has been in the last couple of weeks, we're hoping, because Sydney do have also quite a good run to end the year, that 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 continues. Um, Probably not a lot of travel going on. The Swans will um, be relatively close to home, you would hope. So... Um, I think he's one that I like the most kind of around that price range,
2: yeah, I'm in alignment there, Parker's had ten tons this season. He's actually only had one poor score this entire season of a sixty nine in round yeah. five, but since round six, you know he's only sub ton four times and one of them was an eighty five his lowest one so he he's just been chipping away and scoring well, and with a solid run home, I would expect nothing less than a 110. 100, Plus yeah. average, maybe more if you're lucky. So, I think he's the standout. I know Taylor Adams wasn't spoken about that much, but I wouldn't trust Collingwood mm-hmm. at, at 480. Yeah, <laughs> uh, 480, 4k. You can get Cam Guthrie. He's as... the cheapest option though. I was going to mention, but spoilers.
1: Yeah. Yep. That 40s you, helped
2: him out. Do you like him more than any of the other
1: ones we've mentioned? Um, I, I think he. Look, he plays, he, he's obviously scored much better without Dangerfield in the side. There's absolutely no denying that. He's had a slow, I want to say, six to eight weeks from memory um, where he, he, he's only turned a couple of times. I think compared to all the other guys that we're picking between, I think they're all kind of the upside of 105. That's kind of what we're expecting from them. Cam Guthrie is the only one under Jelly's price. That has an extended history. The first nine rounds of the season, he was averaging one hundred and twenty-two. You know, yeah, it, to, it took until it took until round ten to just dip below one hundred and twenty at one hundred and nineteen point eight, um, and then he's had a had that um, that shoulder stinger. I think he went off for forty or something like that, uh, if I remember correctly. So um, he's had a, a, a price hit to that. He's lost about eighty k since that point in time. Yes, danger coming back and being in the center bounce rotations has hurt him a little bit, but. I think if there's anyone that's cheaper than Josh Kelly that has the potential to go 110 plus on the way home, he's probably the standout. And the fact that he's 70K cheaper and you could probably, you know, let's say there's someone with Dusty as well, you can invest that back into Dusty to go up and get someone like Jordan to goey or someone like that. Um, Again, just kind of strengthens, uh, that. that would be a really, really low risk move for me as well if I'm in that sort of position.
2: I think... One v one, I think Parker will outscore him with those fixtures on the way home. Yep. However, if you have more than one trade, just that extra cash. Just he's so cheap. Like four eighty is just such a yeah. kind
1: price that that's a huge it makes difference. All worth it. It's like, massive. So like if would, you, uh, yeah, if you're saying it's fifty fifty that Parker or sixty forty whatever that Parker and outscores Guthrie on the way home, let's say let's say they're even just for argument's sake, that seventy k is worth I don't know what fifteen points. Let's just argue um, that you could reinvest on a summer that, that gets you from dusty. You might be picking up a Taron Thomas that's going to average 90. Um, suddenly you're picking someone that might go closer to 100 in that sort of range uh, on the way home. So it's just, I, I think if they can break even with each other, having the extra money is, um, if you're in the situation of being able to use it, obviously, if you've only got one trade, it doesn't matter. Um, yep. that, I, I would lean that way w- without a shadow of a doubt. So if Jelly is out,
2: is, this, is the move just to hold him because we assume he'll be back next week or is it one of those GDOs always lie and we may as well just get ahead of it and trade him out or he'll be impacted with his injury for the rest of the season and get ahead of it? Or what's your, what's your plan with Jelly, you know, if let's say, worst-case scenario, he's
1: ruled out this week? Um, I fully expect Jelly to be fit. They've come out and said even as early as two days after the injury... That they've that done. It wasn't scans, the question, Jesus. He's going to be fine. <laughs> uh, let, me, let me finish. Um, but the problem is they have the last game of the round. So if he's a late out, you know you're already committed. You don't have a choice. Yeah. You know you 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 are stuck just running the gauntlet with him. So um, if he's named, I would just be holding. And Bramble's been going okay. We should mention Bramble's been having a lot of kickouts. He's been on kickout duty since uh, Scrimshaw um, and Hardwick have been out. They're both uh, slated to return this week. That may impact his kickout duties, therefore impacting his floor. So we may see a little bit more variability. We may see a 60 or 70. As long as we're aware of that, that's okay. Um, As long as you've got cover and... You know, Jelly's named. I'll be, I'll be um, holding him if he's yep. out and you've got cover. I would still be holding him because I fully expect him to be back this week. It was a bit of a tweak. The, there's no, he obviously got subbed, but if you actually watch the footage, you didn't have a whole lot of weight going through it. It just looked like one of those ankles that you just briefly roll, roll around in the grass for a little bit in pain. About ten minutes later, you get it restrapped, maybe a um, a cortisone or something like that, and you come back out. You know, it just seemed like one of those. And to hear that he's recovered so well, I honestly believe... He, you know, GWS are always like, I don't... Oh, he could be, he couldn't be. They've come out and said, he's cleared to play. You know, as long as he feels good, we're going to pick him. You know, yep. like, that. that's about as confident as you can get from GWS. Um, and so, even if he's a laid out, I expect it's only one week. It didn't look like a bad ankle to me. It's, it wasn't the motion of a syndesmosis. It's not typically... It didn't get trapped under someone and, and um, be everted. It was an inversion, just your typical rolled ankle when you think about it. So um, if it's a one weeker and you've got cover, it seems really simple to hold because we've got four more weeks where you're going to love having a Josh Kelly that's playing as opposed to bringing a Newcomb on field. I think with all of these injuries, so even Langford
2: as well as Kelly, even if they're out for one week, we just don't know what's coming around the corner exactly. with all this COVID situation and, mm-hmm. and madness that's happening. I think we've learned now that it's you know better the devil you know, <laughs> and we'll cop man. it, and then we'll trade with you know when other things occur potentially a bit later. So all these one weekers, you know, even Green if he's out for one week as well, which we expect based on the COVID protocol, same sort of boat. Uh, if it's one week, it's something that i would probably just cop um you're more likely that's going to happen again anyway and we'll need that trade later so there'll be other times to recoup recoup some points i think so yeah for me it's all of these ones it's it's uh Pretty straightforward hold. Cheeser, was there any other major topics to discuss, or do you want to jump into potentially some rookies?
1: Uh, Yeah, that's pretty much what I was going to walk into. Um, I actually picked up uh, Sam Durham as a loophole defensive mid a few weeks ago, confident that he would get a game for Essendon. For those that didn't see the game, he played on the far wing. Um, he's got a really good tank about him, really good attack on the ball, Uh, and that slight bit of maturity that you get from someone that's been in a a good system for a few years, there was just a couple switches where you saw him lower the eyes into the 50, even though he had only two or three seconds free, and he waited until the last second to guarantee he was going to hit his target, steady himself, kick the ball just before he got run down. It's not... It was really, really positive to see that um, he's not just banging it on his boot in you know pure game one nerves and, 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 and just a sheer panic. He took the moment, recognized he had the time, delivered the ball into the forward 50. Um, I think that was one of the times he hit Stringer um, as well. So uh, I really, really like him. That 49 that he had doesn't include the set shot directly in front for 15 meters out where he hit the post. That's a 60-gone begging in my eyes, um, to be honest, from him. So... Uh, I, I honestly don't mind him if he's someone that you, you you're looking at at a bargain basement. Um, in terms of the pies, they've announced a couple this week. Pistol, I think um, um, we've got Ginny Weasley. Van is uh, gonna be <laughs> Ginny Van. Uh, yep. coming in for them this week. Mid forward, he's he's not bargain basement though, is he? He's he is okay. bargain basement. Okay, yep. yeah. And uh, who's the the second debutant that you've got? To Hill Anton To Hill. Yeah, he's. Uh, Defender
2: 23k, but he, he is a utility okay. type yep. player. I imagine he will be trying to replace probably someone like Magin. Mm-hmm. Um, you in imagine, the Pies, yeah,
1: Sorry. in
2: back backline. He's listed as a forward in Supercoach, no, nothing. but I don't think he's going to be a very good scorer. Yeah, same as Ginivan. I think Ginivan is a small forward. You know, we saw what happened. McCreary was has been excellent for Pies this mm. season. I don't know if he's up to McCreary's level, but McCreary was still only scoring, you know, 50s. So we're not, I'm not expecting the world. I think if you need a, I guess, a midfield option, 102k, Connor West, from West Coast was excellence. He had thirteen contested possessions um, and ni- and nineteen touches for the game, which is a great debut. He looked really solid, and he you know he's only scored seventy one, but he has eighty plus scores in him this season, especially with Shuey out for two weeks. So I like the look of him. If you're going to be picking a play, I think Durham and him are easily. The two options that we probably should be considering this week, if you even have trades to get a downgrade, so might not be relevant to many people.
1: Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, and just to touch on uh, just like the the big news because we haven't really done it in one segment. Um, Jelly's ankle looks fine. Dusty out for the season. Uh, Matty Flynn is out with his shoulder for the season for the Giants, which may mean once Briggs comes out of isolation, he's going to get uh, a a few more games towards the back end of the year. That's really going to help my forward line pistol, um, (laughs) which is good. Uh, Whitfield's concussion is going great. If he uh, has no more symptoms, he's going to be available for this weekend. Highmore out for the Saints uh, for this week. I I don't actually have a time frame on that, but he's missing this week. Pistol Mills and Green set to miss this week under COVID restrictions again, but will be available next week. Dunkley definitely out this week. I'm not entirely sure in terms of fixture what it's looking like, but he could potentially be out next week because he only went uh, into isolation as the week began. So he's probably going to miss two weekends. Uh, this one's just primarily for me, Pistol. No one else because I'm the only one that owns him. That's Sean Darcy coming back in for a, another 150. He's 50-50, so I'm, I'm getting excited about that. And Langford only looks like missing this one additional week after uh, doing quite well at training this week as well in Noosa Pistol. So um, those that are holding him, it's probably going to be just the one more week, mate. Should we get... Uh, We've got any time for some uh, podcast questions or should we get into uh, some captaincies and get out of here?
2: No, I think uh, we, most of the questions were all about Dusty replacements. So I think we've gone through um, pretty much all of them. <laughs> yeah, yep. I think those are discussing league and non-league gameplay uh, for Dusty replacements, the order still remains... Largely the same. I think maybe if you wanted to punt on Buddy over Hawkins I think that's reasonable given Buddy might be chasing down the thousandth goal in the last round or two and that might mean some big super coach points or some easy handoffs to him so that probably will be the only thing that changes out of my previous thoughts. Um, in that segment. So, Chizzo, take us through some of your captaincy choices. You've been hitting them on the head perfectly the last couple of weeks. I've been suffering quite a few misses, so I'm interested to get your thoughts first on
1: this round. Uh, I think at this stage of the season, it's hard to not have at least two goes and get some of the goes Um, 120-plus. Come on, just (laughs) rub it in. It's been like three (laughs) weeks in a row I've had captaincy misses. (laughs) Uh, I really like the look of uh, Sammy Walsh on the Saturday afternoon game. Uh, against North. I expect them to give a little bit of attention to him, but um, I think what we've seen in the last fortnight particularly is he's just not run out of puff. He is really, really hitting his straps and putting Carlton on his back, so I love him for a VC. If you don't have Sam Walsh, uh, I don't necessarily hate the idea um, of maybe a Lions uh, or even potentially a steal uh, on the Saturday afternoon leading into someone um, which would might be the more obvious Kind of options in the Bonts and the McCrays, the Olivers. Uh, I don't, as I've said previously, I'm not trusting Gorn at this stage of the season. I think it's a, a waste with the um, uh, his recent kind of ruck share with Luke Jackson. So, uh, for those that um, have been looking at Max Gorn, not particularly keen on him just at the moment. Um, in terms of VCs, do you disagree with anything like that?
2: No, I don't disagree with anything. Um, I think that's all very reasonable. I think the only ones I might add to it is um, Tom Mitchell against Crows. Tom yeah. Mitchell's hit a pretty decent vein of form at the moment. So, I mean, look, it's always hard to pick one of these players that might go well when you've got people like Jack Steele with five-round average of 141. Yeah. Like, he's just an absolute beast <laughs> at yeah. the moment. So, I agree. Yeah, Walsh, Steele, those players are just scoring tons for fun. So, I, I really like the looks of them. I think if you wanted to go for a more of a punt, maybe Zorko against Gold Coast. He's got, you know, a solid record against them and you know, I feel like that's a game that he can definitely step up for. But at this stage of the season, kinda of think why? <laughs> like yeah. even like Parish and Zeret, I understand it's against GWS. What if they get the Debor tag? Is it yeah. worth the risk? Probably not. So yeah, just some of the other ones. Walsh, Steel, they're the big Big ones, any one of the Bulldogs or Melbourne players in close games, scalings a lot in the line. Whoever you think's going to win, if you think Melbourne are going to win, pop it on Oliver. If you think Dogs are going to win, pop it on Bont or McRae because in those close games, they're probably going to be scaled mm. heavily as well, so you can get some really high scores from there. It's a yeah tough, uh, I think tough one, but yeah, I think there's some good matchups
1: this round. I think the the good captaincy options, so not just the VC but the C options, all come on the Saturday. Like if I'm looking yeah, at this, I'm, I'm looking too. at the Sunday. I've got Sydney versus Free A. Yeah. Maybe Darcy if he comes back, if you game, Cheezo. Um, on Sunday, you've got uh, the likes of Danger, who's been in a rich game of form, but he doesn't have the ceiling that we've seen in previous years. Richmond don't have anyone. He's got
2: like 180, dude.
1: Um, yeah, I, I immediately rescind that. Um, I was just looking at that one. <laughs> Cheezo, can you edit that out? Um, so he, he might he might be an option. So he's the first probably Sunday option. No one from Richmond. Uh, Essendon versus uh, GWS really does does scare me a little bit in terms of you know what if you pick wrong and Parrish gets the tag but Zarek doesn't and then Zarek gets the tag but Parrish doesn't um, you have the potential to guess wrong or be only have the Essendon and player that ends up getting the attention. I would definitely this is what I'm trying to say. I think the VC C is going to be organised early on in the weekend. Um, yep. Even if it's um, someone like Grundy on the Friday night against Port's also going to be a pretty good selection. So I, I don't hate that either, particularly because it's um, in Victoria at, at Marvel Stadium, even though it's technically an away game for the Pies. I don't necessarily, you know, he, he's what he scored eighty eight on the weekend, Pistol. I, you know, that that's not Grundy, you know. It, no, it, he'll he, bounce back. He'll bounce back. That's pretty safe. Um, I think my strategy is going to be Walsh into Steele uh, and or like an Oliver at this uh, this part of the yeah. Uh,
2: I don't the- think I have loopholes. At- like I'm looking at my bench, I'm like, okay, so both. Both my forward rookies are playing. Both my back rookies are playing. Most of my midfield rookies. Yeah. But my Collingwood ones play on Friday night. And my only other one is Edwards uh, from North Melbourne. So mm. I might have to VC that's
1: Houston. All, yeah, that's that's very important to mention. Um, <laughs> no, Grundy. Grundy uh, I, I, Houston. I wouldn't be trusting someone like Newcomb because he was obviously just a sub. Uh, if you have Kieran Briggs, then he, uh, he would oh, be super, super handy this week. Can you, can you imagine... Uh, if he wasn't in isolation this week, I've been, I've been kissed on it again.
2: <laughs> if you're in a rare fame, Woohoo! rare form of luck <laughs> at the moment. No, yeah. It's good. Good. Very good comprehensive. See, I'm excited to see where you end up after this round, given you avoided all of the bullets, like the matrix flying at you. Oh yeah. All of the, the bullets. I just, of
1: Kelly lost his leg. And so did Darcy.
2: Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> okay. They they didn't, they didn't kill. They were just, it's just a flesh wound.
1: No, fair enough. Hey, mate, why don't we just shout out our Twitters? I'll do mine. We don't need to shout it anymore. Cheezo underscore DRSC if you want to hit me up for some uh, super ghost questions. Pistol? You can
2: find uh, me at Cheezo
1: underscore DRSC. Direct all questions there. (laughs) Pistol underscore DRSC. JB, the man at uh, JB underscore DRSC. The main one is super... What? No, it's not. It's Dr underscore SC... It's, it's a Wednesday, mate. What do you expect? We're always primed for Monday. That's game night, and it's a Wednesday, and this is coming out. So, hey, Pistol. And just lastly, uh, just want to give a shout-out to Supercoach Mama M. Congratulations on making it to uh, first overall in Supercoach. That's a epic achievement, and even if we uh, you don't take home the chocolates, that's something that you'll uh, be able to take with you forever. So, congratulations on that, and uh, to all the other lovely patrons that are chasing you close behind. I'm sure that they're patting you on the back. Uh, but they're uh, fingers across behind their own back, thinking, mm, "I just wish I can slide in uh, into number one spot as well." So, congratulations, Pistol! Thank you so much for joining me. Really appreciate this podcast as it gets later into the season. Um, yeah, just looking back and how the, the year's gone, it's just been fantastic. Good luck, everyone! Don't get discouraged if uh, some of these uh, bullets do hit your side. We're, still, we're all working around them with the same amount of flexibility. So, keep the chin up, keep enjoying the game, and just remember that it is just a game. And just make sure you, you treat it as such. It's not the end of the world. We'll talk to you again at the end of the round.
0: Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget?